Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. We are back with another episode of Quote Unquote with KK. I have a few announcements to make. We were sorry we had to take a break for a month because of the second wave of COVID. Some of our speakers had to manage their family emergencies due to COVID situation. Personally, I have also had a few setbacks in our family and near dear friend. We've gone through a tough time in the last 45 days in India. However, we are back as we had started off on the future of real estate we had uh, Karan who spoke about the future of co-working in this episode we talk about the future of residential real estate in India and globally and I would like to thank our audiences globally we have another announcement to make our channel on daily hunt quote unquote with KK has touched 50,000 plus followers day for yesterday. I thank all our followers on daily hunt for their motivation and feedback of how we can improve our format, the content that we are able to present, how we can become closer to you in addressing what's going on in your life. Let me roll back on our real estate series. We spoke about the commercial real estate and how it would pass out in the post-pandemic stage. Today I have a very erudite, a very well-read professional from the residential real estate, Twinder Singh, who started a JLL's residential business in India, has spent time as a co-founder of another very leading real estate firm, Anarok, as a head of their real estate business. He has spent time on in the real estate business for the last 20 years. Recently, he released a book on the residential real estate, which we will also talk about and discuss with Ashwinder. Dear Ashwinder, thank you for taking time and being on our show today. Welcome to Quote Unquote with KK. Thank you, Kapil. Uh, really delighted to be part of your show. I've heard a lot about it and looking forward to having a conversation with you. For the Ashwinder, I would like to kick off our conversation with your latest book. If you could give a little bit brief about your book and your inspiration for writing the book. Actually, Kapil, I never intended to write a book. I just <laughs> kept penning down my learning facts and thoughts that came across while I was working in the residential real estate industry. So when I ended up finishing one notebook, I realized the notes that I am keeping can help me later and others as well. And I kept on writing more in a structured format. After a year, I realized if I continue writing like this, I will definitely turn out to be a treasure for everyone. And I also knew that there was nothing there in the residential real estate domain in India where the home buyers, the channel partners or the developers could refer to some practical knowledge. Uh, and the most unique thing that happened was that I have had the privilege to work on the demand side of the residential real estate. Then I was on the funding side and now I'm on the supply side. So that gave me a 360 degree perspective on this domain. And that's how I ended up consolidating the kind of scattered information which was there and nothing was there in a structured way. And if you really look at it, the intent with the book is also to with demonetization, GST, RERA coming in, most of the home buyers, channel partners, developers not being able to fully utilize the potential of the current market situation. This was also one of the reasons that kind of kept on pushing me to convert all the knowledge that I had gathered into a book. And then finally, you had the current pandemic situation when the intrinsic value of owning 
a home has increased and that's when I was ready with the manuscript and then I got it edited by a senior real estate journalist Vinod Behel and got the publishing of the book expedited and the book was launched in the presence of uh, Mr. Arjun Agarwal. For the audience information, the book is available on Amazon. I am going to be posting the link to the book as well. For those interested, it's a great encyclopedia for residential real estate in India. And I would encourage all of you to have a look at the book. It's got a wealth of information. I personally read it and beyond the book, we are going to chat a lot on our podcast today. So stay tuned and Ashwinder, let me just kick off our podcast here in terms of understanding how large is the housing opportunity in India? What are the key segments and how is it likely to grow? There are different numbers coming from different agencies as to, you know, by 2025, the residential real estate is going to be X trillion, X billion. I would love to get your perspective on our housing and real estate sector. Yeah, that's a very important question, uh, Kapil. See, if you follow the IBEF report, the real estate market by 2025 is predicted to be 650 billion US dollars. I, I think currently it's around 450 to 500 billion and it's expected to reach 100 billion US dollar by 2030. The real estate housing opportunity has great potential to grow. Now, the interesting fact is around 51% of India's geographical area is under cultivation as compared to 11% of the world's average. This shows huge development potential for housing and infrastructure in the coming years. For long home buyers, you know, actually complained that real estate transactions were lopsided and heavily in favor of the developers. So RERA and the government model code aims to create a more equitable and free transaction between the seller and the buyer of properties. And this will especially help us consolidate and grow the residential primary market. And uh, if you look at the key housing segments, just to give you a, a perspective, housing segments in India are based on budget. So there is a priority sector, which is 1 to 30 lakhs, up to 30 lakhs. Then you have the affordable priority, which is 30 to 45 lakhs. Then you have the affordable to mid segment, which goes from 45 to 1 crore. And, uh, you know, luxury is between 3 to 8 crores you have a upper mid segment also and then you have an ultra luxury segment which is more than eight crores so it's quite a, a bifurcated segment in india if you want i can i can share what have been the key benefits that rera brings for example preventing insolvency create separate escrow accounts for future construction purpose it brings a lot of authenticity more credibility to builders and channel partners in the business professionalism, making the industry more organized and helping full talent, flexibility, and actually mis not misleading claims by developers and creating lot of improvement to the structural defects that the industry was going through. For the audience information, RERA's full form is Real Estate Regulation Act, which was enacted in 2019. That's correct? Actually, it was enacted in 2016, uh, Kapil. Okay. Post-demo, there were certain other... Yes. Post-demo, post uh, the RERA came into play. Excellent. So we touched but upon... Right, the, the, the enforcement of RERA 
actual started happening around 2018-2019. So from that perspective, you're right. So we touched about, you know, the different segment of the population for uh, cohorts for which uh, different segments of housing have been created. We have also talked about the recent regulatory developments in the residential real estate sector. I would like to just have an add-on question to you, Ashwinder, is a bulk of our population is first-time home buyers and the government also runs a number of schemes for you know providing housing return on housing our focus of our government in the in the last five seven years was to create toilets more than housing as well so how do you track the regulatory regime changes that are impacting both the below poverty line housing the affordable housing the premium housing has there been a major shift in in the way the government views and regulates housing sector couple uh, very wonderfully put this is something which is a challenge the government is actually trying very hard to focus on the priority and the priority to affordable segment because there is a huge need for housing and that's how the prime minister had come with with the motto of housing for all obviously right. it's a very challenging environment but what has happened is uh, kapil that the entire focus not just of the government but even all other private stakeholders is now on a ticket size which is an affordable and a priority ticket size because finally you have to build a product where the demand is you cannot create a demand in a product like residential housing which is a long gestation period and we have to understand that in india majority of the population which is either a low income or a middle class population when they buy their house it is mostly one house right. and they end up spending 70 to 80 percent of their savings into that house so the focus of the government and Mr. Puri, who's the urban minister for, for housing, is to promote developers who are getting into this by giving them better TDRs, better, better opportunity in acquiring land, helping private players to acquire land which are outside the municipal limits of these cities, getting them an environment where they can build more provided the subsidies are also passed on to the buyer and most of the housing today whether outside the periphery of the metropolitans tier two cities tier three cities or the top seven metros is focused on construction of housing at less than one crore because the moment the tipping point of one crore is broken the demand crashes and the government's objective of housing for all also goes for a toss so most of the subsidies and the support and, and then you have these industry bodies like Kridai and Naretko and BDA in Mumbai. They also when they represent the government says that yes, we are, we are going to help you. We are going to simplify the taxation. We are going to simplify the approval process. We will try and also look at stamp duties going forward. See, we will also you will see couple that the stamp duty reductions happens more in the budget segment and not in the segment which is more than one crore so yes government has kept tap of it and you saw in mumbai during covid the stamp duty reduced from six percent to three percent correct the sales, the sales went up the roof because it was a significant amount that the home buyer saves and now that 
reduction is not there so when the industry bodies like naretco which is headed by hiranandani or pridai which is headed by harsh patodia they went back they said well we will now look at it from a more minute customized base we don't want to do it for everyone but we want to do it for a segment that for them even saving 2 3 lakhs is good so that is great so yes they have their checks and balances kapil where they are moving the developers into the direction which helps their purpose of providing housing to all come into play and obviously in all projects you have to build some part of your project depending on market to market see india real estate is a is a is a state subject i Correct. cannot say that you, this is the policy because karnataka rera is different mumbai rera is different Correct. karnataka housing policy is different than the delhi ncr housing policy Correct. but everywhere they have specified a percentage that has to be made for budget housing so that their housing for all objective gets met sooner than later that's a great clarity now having come up to date on the regulatory regime and framework and that's what you have nicely explained to our audiences i want to understand what has been the scenario during the covid times a lot of people lost their jobs there was a lot of pay cut some of the savings also eroded and hence uh, there were a lot of interest and principal moratorium also provided to the consumers by the ministry and the financial institutions how is the demand pick up looking like like and what is your view of what's happened during covid and the post covid scenario kapil uh, this is fascinating the only sector other than pharma and of course technology which has got great support in the covid times has been the residential real estate because suddenly the world changed and i keep on saying what has never happened before keeps on happening all the time so covid was something like that now what happened was suddenly let me take an example of mumbai there was a family of 4 to 6 staying in a 400 500 square feet apartment who would leave in the morning and come back in the evening the mother was at home everybody else was working the children were going to school suddenly in two rooms there were six people with one bathroom and hell broke loose so what happened is that people realized that we need our own home which is more spacious right. we can compromise on our shopping we can compromise on anything else but we can't compromise on our own home in right. the meanwhile the financial sector the rate of interest started going down because of the steps that RBI took to provide liquidity in the market because right. the NBFCs and the banks were getting screwed they were under pressure because the collections were not happening the consumer lending phase was getting under a lot of pressure players like bajaj finance hdfcs b2b businesses were getting impacted tvs were not selling fridge was not selling At, during the lockdown collections were not coming liquidity crunch was coming Correct. so rbi gave in liquidity measures so the rate of interest for home loan came down and that became more affordable and it came down by good 150 to 250 basis points Correct. today you can take a home loan at a particular budget from sbi at 6.75 now combining all this suddenly the spot for ready to move in housing went through the roof then the stamp duty came in by various states so stamp duty came in rate of interest went down home loans became cheaper people were struggling in smaller places especially in a house where more than one person was working they were not able to do zoom calls they were not able to call etc etc and the best quarter that residential real estate saw in the last 5 years was the last quarter of 2020 one and and rest all is history so the covid has been 
despite you started that we all lost a lot of people this time over in the second wave whom we knew our friends family etc a lot of young people but covid ended up being a blessing in disguise for the residential sector to give you an example kapil if you go out today to buy a ready to move in apartment for a price point of less than 1 crore in markets like bombay bangalore pune hyderabad let me tell you it's going to be a challenge you might not find it everything okay. is sold so demand is more than the supply for ready to move in property okay got it so it is not that the under construction property is kind of being sold quite aggressively but if somebody is getting a property where they can move with their family with an extra room or extra two rooms people are taking that call going to that locality even if it is far off from where they stayed because they realize that work from home is going to be something that's there for the next one one and a half two years we don't know when the virus goes away people are talking of third wave people are talking of fourth wave people are now talking that children are getting impacted so we don't know so work from home especially in the technology sector especially in other sectors where you can operate from home is going to be a way of life for the next one and a half two years for sure and that's what is the the driver for demand for at least uh, in the budget segment in the residential real estate correct absolutely one is that and secondly now now see i'll tell you and it's interesting the entire millennial wanted to stay on rent correct. that's where the ubers came they didn't want to buy a car they didn't want that's where student housing came that's where community living came co living came etc 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 and suddenly when they were staying in one room they also realized that they need to buy a house obviously their parents would tell them that buy a house and they said no i don't want to block my money who wants to buy a house obviously the rental yields in india are also 2.5% maximum it's only in mumbai and bangalore where you go up to 3.5% so this segment seven the most important point is 70% of ready to move in sale also happened by the first time buyer the buyer right. who so it is not the end user please don't confuse it with the end user obviously everyone is an end user today and very few are investors but the first time buyer within the end user community was the segment that started looking and buying home that's a interesting development i want to compare this to what's happening globally as well well on india is seeing a boom i've seen reports globally where they are looking at a bust as well is it because people, is it like the lehman crisis where there were excesses and that that's happening globally but in india is playing the reverse what's your view there there report coming especially in the in the mature markets where they're seeing a softening of the real estate market and uh, there could be a crisis just not like the lehman but yes something like that yeah. that started from the housing sector into a financial sector meltdown on the other hand you're seeing that there is a boom on the residential real estate in india but is it the same crisis that we may probably fall into given the current rates as as inflation is also inching up and things are and as interest rates will also peak up as they lag towards the inflation do you think it could be another crisis in the mix no actually you know i don't think so see what has happened in the last 3 4 years the supply was more than the demand and because supply was more than the demand the developers were not the new launches have been subdued for the last 3 4 years that's why the the sale in the last 3 4 years despite not being a boom period 
the sale has been more than the launched units not the okay. available unit so you can compare so it's more the inventory that was that was released out yes. and unlike the last housing boom or housing finance led lehman crisis that erupted in the us which was more on the pricing play and the financing or refinancing you are not seeing the same crisis no actually it's a, very, it's a very interesting question i am very optimistic of the indian housing sector for the next 10 years because as i said the first time see there are three things that indians are obsessed about educating their children and married and make getting them independent and making them buy their own home and that is where a middle class parent feels that he or she has done their duty and now they can you are most worried about your daughter's education right now right. and and so am i so the first time buyer in india with a population of 130 crore plus and let us not demean the rural population because this population is going to in the next 10 years going to be ready and and india is going to grow it is already growing because the housing is now spreading beyond the cbds it is Correct. outside or near the municipal limits so the first time buyer in india is going to keep the demand robust the pricing of housing is going to remain stable i don't think the housing invest housing as an asset class will be looked at from an investment perspective it will be looked at from a hygiene perspective like it was 40 50 30 years when our parents bought their house they never bought two houses three houses they right. just bought one house and that's how next 10 to 15 years are going to be uh, the developers have become smarter there are going to be a lot of joint ventures the craze of developers keep on accumulating land is going down Correct. the economics of development does not make any sense when you buy the land because thing goes through the roof if the costing goes through the roof your unit economic does not work because the supply of the product is not in line with the demand of the product so Correct. innovation on product design innovation on joint ventures innovation on finance structures is going to be the name of the game and the demand for the next 10 15 years for the right product right design integrated townships work from home uh, a retail near you a office near you a hospital near you a school near you is going to be the way of life and these integrated townships are going to be 100 acre 120 acre 150 acres so you will yeah. go out of towns but you will not mind going out of towns because there will be better infrastructure you will create workspace entertainment space malls hotels within that integrated township with lot of space outside your home see i also feel kapil the indian consumer is learning i whenever i interact and i have interacted across spectrums we people have this huge problem of super built up and carpet now this is if you really ask me it is the most useless thing to look when you look at a home because what you need to look at is livability you need to look at whether your home is airy does it have sunlight does it give you the space to roam around does it have that extra study that you need plus you need space outside your home you need community living because home is about joy happiness learning see when we were growing up all that we learned was from our parents living right. in those not so stylish homes but that home were great very nice right. so the livability aspect has to come into play so that you have open spaces our parents can walk student uh, kids can play 
you can meet your like-minded friends you can go for a walk you can go and have a coffee and maybe if your workplace is within that integrated township you can even come home have your lunch for half an hour and come back so i think india is going to hopefully if more and more people think like this revolutionize and then our population is going to become our biggest strength Interesting observation, Ashwinder. I am also very positive on the residential real estate sector as well. I like to talk about the limitations here. First, if there is so much growth expected and the golden era for the residential real estate in India is about to come, there are certain shortcomings both on the on the developer and the intermediaries as well. Point one, they are not able to attract the right talent pool and retain that talent pool. I do not know why. That's one. Second, the developer mindset of making a fast buck in spite of rera or whatever circumventing and and doing things which uh, which is not healthy i like to get your point of view as to if this golden era is coming how do we create good capacity both in talent pool in people uh, joining the sector in different capacities whether in the upper side or in the intermediary side or in the technology side or design side there are lots of opportunities that will open up but i like to understand how do we prepare the sector in a positive uh, way yes papel I think your observation is uh, very right. See, traditionally the real estate developers were more focused on the construction side and land acquisition side. And because of lack of transparency, lack of regulations, policies, it was only the rich and the powerful that went into the development and they were all having that access to the policy makers and there was the information arbitrage that that they played around and the profiteering was not because of quality of design profiteering was that there were one limited people in this industry it was assumed that only the powerful and the rich are going to be in this industry it was assumed only the people who are not that straight are going to be part of that industry i think the best thing that happened and that is why the talent from the top b school went into it went into fmcg went into financial services 40% talent still is in financial services now you have to look at it that indian players have done very well across functions not in development they have not been able to scale it up so tatas birlas mahindras you look at banking hdfc bank axis bank icici bank all the foreign banks have gone back packed their bags and gone back because we wanted banks to invest go to tier 2 cities tier 3 cities rural they were not able to do it their costs were not correct they were not able to open smaller branches they were not able to do the hiring in the right spe- spectrum and look what the indian companies have done even on technology infosys tcs hcl phenomenal stuff but this corporatization did not happen in the real estate world because the perception of real estate which you rightly said was negative and these corporates did not and they are very respected corporates they felt they cannot do that hanky panky because there was no era there was no regulation see banking had sebi capital markets had sebi banking had rbi insurance had irda telecom had tri and real estate till 2015 16 was not even talking about uh, rera the money which was being sold by the pre launches were there the building was not there you were showing a land selling it and buying another land not using in construction the customers were making money because at that point in time they would buy in 6 months the prices would go up they would sell and they would feel they are making money so let me keep on going and investing finally what happened 
the customer lost the developer lost they become they became asset heavy there were no cash flows and they got what they deserved and to be honest some parts of the country i will not name them were more to blame than the other parts of the country i think south is the best followed by mumbai and pune that's when you saw demon then you saw gst then you saw rera and today you talk to any developer you talk to any channel partner channel partners were having tie-ups with the developer the developer would say okay he is my exclusive channel partner and that channel partner would would sell it at a particular price which was more than the price that the developer had given him he would make his cut sell wrong there was nothing that was regulating the channel partner and the home buyer was getting screwed left right and center that's where rera came in the demand went down the cycle of investing indiscriminately stopped and we know top and you also have a lot of knowledge in this sector we've seen some top names now going under and they will never come back so the names that are left let me also tell you the sector is very resilient and the developer community is very strong community other than few names none of the names have gone down under because the developer community is very very resilient the real estate community is very resilient so they figured out if we don't align we are gone and they realized their mistakes they have started focusing on project by project execution rera ensured escrow 70% remaining the money that you get from the consumers 70% has to be in escrow only 30% can be taken out so the buildings the new buildings are going to get constructed that is why new launches have stopped now they launch they sell they launch they sell it's going the way your commercial ways because in commercial you can't sell till the time you don't build it right so i think lot of credit for rera coming in gst coming in and you have great names you know you look at bangalore none top 6 7 developers phenomenal names out of the top 8 listed developers i will not take names here four are from bangalore then you have bombay but you also have to see none of the developers mostly other than one or two national developers have been successful outside their own city of operation the largest of names the moment they go to the other city they are not it able fit. to deliver it so that is the complexity of the sector and that is the beauty of the sector and unfortunately because of that talent was not coming in technology adoption was very poor you finally see that talent will start moving in because the sector is consolidating it is more regulated family owned people want to scale it up they want to professionalize it because they realize otherwise you can't scale it up if you look right. at they are learning from birlas tata godrej look at godrej godrej got bought into development they are doing so well just because of the name Correct. because people trust it so they are realizing that they have to professionalize it if they have to scale it so now is the time obviously not during the pandemic but in in the next couple of years when things settle down they there should be a lot of talent moving in there is a lot of talent on the real estate financing space like you are there but that is very that is a niche segment you are running a fund or you are you are managing commercial so there is talent on the commercial side but on the residential side which is 85% of the total indian real estate sector there is no talent which will come in now i wanted to pick up your thoughts and ideas on technology in the sector so mostly developers give not a ready to move in apartment correct because that that's not their core and there have been players who have come in and in fact i was also an investor of uh, into one of such technology driven new age internet startup 
which would work with developers and the end user in terms of fitting it out and handing it over in the supply chain. The major issue around Demo was the amount of cash that was floating around, both from uh, the end user, the contractor, and the whole supply chain. Obviously, Demo actually crippled the whole sector for a bit. And then you had the whammy of the GST, which basically led to cuttling a lot of innovation of, of technology and new age internet startups coming into this sector as well. What's your point of view? Will investments come into such new age internet startups for housing and residential? Or are we going to just see the developer diversifying forward into creating value-added services and products to the end user? Actually, I am myself also learning a lot with, with the kind of lovely questions you are you are posing. And this is something which worries me also as one of the leaders in the industry. Let me tell you, there are four stakeholders. One is the developer, then is the financial institution, then is the maintenance of the property. So if I start from the latter, you will see a lot of technology coming in, IoT coming in, in maintaining the properties because you cannot maintain the properties at the at the margin that you are playing without technology without ai without robotics without understanding what the what homeowner does what time he get up how much electricity uses how much water is he using what time is he leaving home what time is he coming back how can he use the parking space better how can i reduce my cost can i use the parking space for something else during this period so on and so forth so you will see technology coming in on the maintenance side of the business unlike the it sector financial sector which is even the 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 capital goods sector which is quick at adapting new technology the real estate sector is different it requires a human to human connection we have to understand that yes there have been developers out in india who have tried advancement in technology but have not quite succeeded even the monumental cost in digitization and lack of talent that is where your talent also comes in because you know you need to be aligned that the world is changing Correct. if you are not aligned that the world is changing and you don't have the right talent and you have somebody who is looking at this world from a 20 year old lens and then suddenly he looks at it as a cost and not as an investment of digitizing the whole goddamn thing getting in sap getting new construction technologies and saving time on delivery and understanding that IRRs are made when you deliver on time because the moment you start delaying your delivery you are actually not making money because there is a huge funding cost also involved Correct. so you want to reduce your funding cycle so it is so interconnected, but that is where the talent thing comes up. So coming back, the mindset of an Indian when purchasing a property, we also have to appreciate that the Indian mindset of purchasing a property is to physically visit the site and look around and question the salesperson and take a decision. So till the time they don't do that, they don't feel comfortable. Now by digitizing this experience, the human to human connection is lost. By right. far every potential homeowner in the world actually would want to visit the property and look around, but especially in India. But what has happened is this pandemic is again going to serve as a, as, as a blessing in disguise. So you have the construction side, then you have the pre-sales and then you have the post sales construction you need to get construction that is that is optimized cost you know you can't reduce the cost because if you build fast you can sell fast if you sell fast yeah. you can 
can prepay fast and then your cost comes down and your margin can be anything between 20 to 25 30% also obviously it depends it is owned land it is jv whatever it is then pre sales how do you record the customer inquiry how do you ensure how many customers came out of 1000 customers say for example came only 100 bought why did the 900 not buy did they not like the location did they not like the price did they not like the product was it far away from their place now how do you handle those 900 dispositions who came who know about your brand and next time when you sell can you use that data how do you use big data so talent becomes very important you know your thought process becomes very important and people who will do it will benefit then you have post sales now mr kapil bought it how do i with technology tell him that what is the construction going on are the milestones being met or not can he log in into an app and see is the work happening during covid or not happening during covid because this time in second wave construction has been allowed in covid and imagine if you have an app which is connected to a camera and you bought something in bangalore or hyderabad and you sitting in Bombay and you see that the tower is being built your trust with that developer goes up and you say wow yeah these guys are still making it I will get my thing on time and imagine developers saving so much of cost by not calling call centers emails photographs why do you want photographs to be sent by a human why can't we have IOT why can't we have AI being used why can't you log in if I can log in into my bank account and transfer money which is the riskiest thing I have UPI I on a click can give one lakh rupees to you but I can't see the progress of my my building because talent new age thinking has impacted the technology embracement of the sector the promoter thought he and his friends who might be some known names somebody in broking somebody in contracting somebody in supplying somebody in land five people will come together and one friend who will get them the loan they will get together and they will keep on doing it sorry you can't scale it anymore so it is a matter of time that technology has to be divided in three phases construction technology pre-sales technology sales technology big data constant communication with your prospect not just the buyer and providing convenience not just of buying but of observing evaluating governance audit and the developers who are able to do it the channel partners who are able to do it in the next 10 years they will be the real market leader and will take advantage of the opportunity that the sector provides. I want to move the, the focus of our conversation to the end buyer before we wrap up. I'd like to know how are these end users and buyers now evolving? The new generation of millennials who are coming in, how are developers being able to satisfy their needs and their requirements? And how are the buyers in the future going to look at either for their own personal use or from an investment point of view? What are the shifts you are seeing at this point in time? See, development and real estate one of the skills needed is risk management which most of the people thought is only needed in financial services so a buyer is a risk manager today our kids are very smart much smarter than I think than we think now the most important thing is that the home buyer wants to assure that he will get delivery of the product that he's buying because unlike other products where I go I have see there is no branded homes in India the moment you talk about branded homes you are thinking of 8 crores 10 crores you are thinking of 4 seasons you are thinking of Trump Towers etc now what does a brand do a brand when I buy 
an apple the new millennial is buying all products he is not just going to buy home he is buying a phone he is buying a camera he is buying a earphone he is buying jeans he is buying uh, he or she is is buying books online and they go by the brand so they say okay i like apple i like samsung this is the camera is good i like bose speakers now the problem in the real estate is we don't have branded homes and a brand offers standardization brand offers a quality brand offers that if i buy a cadbury chocolate this is what i will get in taste packaging there is a positioning of the brand so you will have to create branded homes you will have to focus on so for example let me tell you i work with bhartia we have niku homes i didn't want to bring it we've sold 5000 homes and we sell it by niku homes whether it is in bhartia city or whether it is outside bhartia city what does niku home mean it means community living it means joy it means happiness it means superior space designing and we don't have anything left for sale because what happens is during the pandemic people say okay oh niku homes i know this is what niku home mean it means from 40 crores to 2 crores it does not mean more than 2 crores it does not mean less than 40 crore 40 lakhs 40 lakhs 40 lakhs and 2 crores so you will the 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 home buyer is going to look at a brand the home buyer is going to look at the promise that he is being given the delivery is very important value for money will become very important they are not going to buy a home to boast that i live in a 10 bedroom house in cbd or i live in a sky villa no they want a comfortable high quality place where their retail is near metro is near connectivity is very important connectivity 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 so that when they go far the time to travel also does not increase because the infrastructure around is good so they will look at connectivity they will look at living spaces inside they will look at living spaces outside they will look at greener pastures they will look at can they go up with their friends and do a small picnic can they have a friend who can play volleyball together you know it's not that that the it is a clubhouse but it is a clubhouse which is a vertical clubhouse they will like lawns they will like parks they would want they would want to have a good life because the millennial is not a show offer we might feel so obviously if you're born in a richer family you can buy multiple things but a millennial wants to be different and they want to be different yet they want to be smarter they don't want to waste money if they are the educated millennial we are talking about especially the millennial of tier 2 tier 3 city wants to do well wants to save money wants to give their parents a better lifestyle so when they come for jobs in metros they would want a house where their parents are happy their parents don't have high expectations where their parents get one room they get one room they get one study they get it within their budget they have a nice clubhouse where they can go and buy a samosa or a or a pastry or a coffee and they have nice infrastructure connectivity and experience that is what the home buyer is going to look at so i think you have to keep it simple you have to you have see now i feel the best way to be sophisticated in the housing sector is to be simple have the right advisors on the financial side have the right advisors on the construction side design side have the right architects acquire the right talent and create something which is value for money and don't Don't underestimate the home buyer and try and say that you can be cute because the home buyer is very smart. They will see through you not today, tomorrow. And development and real estate is a long-term business. If you fail tomorrow, you have actually failed today. Got it. I want to ask you one very specific question because we are all going old. We do also invest into old age 
wage and assisted living in Indian markets. A lot of the developers who are creating residential real estate fail to understand the old age and you talked about the parents who want to live alone, want to live alone, live gracefully, live in a dignified way. And many of the products of many of the developers in India don't seem to match the expectations of our senior citizens. What do you have to say about this segment of the consumer? I think it is a very important segment. It is a growing segment and people like you and me are now going to grow old. It is not our parents and we are very open. We love our independence. We want a place which has all the amenities, takes care of our health and we don't want to be a liability on our children and our children. Some of them are abroad. Some of them are in other cities and, and the parents are quite, quite different, especially our age over the next 10 years. It's going to be a big segment. Unfortunately, innovation has been late. And the, the industry has not been able to kind of figure out the cost economics. See, when they start providing everything from a hospital, say, say, let's say a nice place, hospital, assisted living, senior living, they are not able to manage the economics. Either it is because of the land or either it is because of not understanding the whole structure. You have some senior livings which cost you five crores. How many people are going to buy a five crores? That's, that's what I, I meant. We are yes. not market appropriate to... We are not, see, that's been the problem with this industry. We, we learn after falling and hurting ourselves. So we have to first do a lot of market research. We have to get data oriented. We have to first assess what the demand is going to be today. What is it going to be after five years? Then figure out what is the price point. Then figure out what does the consumer at that segment want. So they want cleanliness. They want support. They want people to talk to. They want a community so that they can go for a movie together. They can watch a movie together. They can have a nice hall. They don't want most of the things which we senior living today offers. They Correct. want a home. They don't want a hotel. They want a home. Correct. Most of the senior living that came, came as a hotel. And obviously, you know, I don't want to, for example, when we decorate our homes, we don't decorate it like hotels. We decorate it like homes. We want to feel comfortable. So I think there is opportunity couple is very big. There's going to be soon a lot of market research should happen. A lot of primary research should happen. This can be a very big segment especially in the metros, not in the tier 2, tier 3 cities, not in the smaller cities, but Bangalore, Hyderabad, Delhi, Mumbai, especially where a lot of people are staying abroad. Children would want to buy these kind of homes for their parents. I think the financing sector has to ha also has to look at this sector very differently. And this is where the government has to come and play a role and say, okay, if it is a senior living, for example, there has to be a subsidy. See, if you are giving a higher FD interest rate to a senior citizen because you know they don't have income. If you are giving them subsidies on other platforms, if you are giving them priority, rightly so on other platforms, and that is where we have to learn from the West. Even on senior living construction development, the government in the US, in the Europe, ha has a lot of schemes and that is what then the private player also feels like getting into it and saying, okay, I'm getting this benefit. It's like when you why do you open a pharmaceutical factory in Himachal Pradesh? Because you get some benefit out of it. So you need to do that. The government needs to figure out that what can they do for their aging population because the population in the next 20-30 years will start aging and hopefully our birth rate is also getting controlled. And, and I feel the, the region which will really do very well 
if you look at the demographics of the country if you look at the uh, per capita income of the country if you look at the education rate of the country is going to be south of india and this is where senior living can really do well people are far more they they understand what's happening in the world they want to be independent they are simpler and the overall it's a safer place compared to other places and if the financial sector also comes up the industry bodies need to represent for this particular segment this is a segment that can really play a vital role in the growth of the industry I'm afraid we're reaching our end of our time for the podcast, but I want a personal question out of you, Ashwinder. You joined the sector. You've seen the whole sector transform over the last 20, 20 odd years, and uh, you've spent leadership position both on the developer side, on the intermediary side, on the financing side. As you mentioned, a 360 degree view, and obviously the budding talent that needs to be attracted also. What's your message to the people who want to join this sector, and how would you tell them to? Join join the sector and attract them to the sector so that the sector actually grows much more professional see one of the things i joined the sector was i felt this is a very noble profession at the core because you are providing homes second the sector has gone through it downs now i see that the sector is only going to go up from here because you can't go down further third the sector has got consolidated and the players who were not professional or who were not able to catch up are actually out of the game so so what is left is all highly credible professional well meaning stakeholders better whether they are developers and even on the on the channel partner side i think they, there is much more work required but on the developer side i think there are very good players now across the country the opportunity because of the robust demand that is going to be there more created after the pandemic is going to help these talented people to come out with innovations help the industry implement new technologies help the industry automate processes which are not automated yet help the industry provide the best experience to the buyer because every other sector is now a evolved sector so here the new talent can join this sector and grow with grow with the sector because of the huge demand for housing see social housing one segment affordable housing another segment mid housing another segment luxury another segment second home another segment so there is so much to be done and if the talent comes in at this point in time they can actually grow phenomenally with the growth of the industry add tremendous value and whatever they have learned can be now implemented and now the sector the promoters are very open to professionalize and to empower people and they also couple want to hire people for a longer term they don't want to do hire fire because they have seen it has not helped them it has actually been really a roadblock for them so this is a very good time for a talent to come and we want business people we just don't want engineers and architects see it's a business and we want business people to understand the buyer's perspective and then create it's it's not about as i said square feet and built up etc only you will have buyers and architects what has happened is mostly by architects engineers were coming in we want good chartered accountants good mbas you know people from humanity background 
background who want to kind of work on the customer service side, which can have so much of innovation, bringing in apps, as I said, on the maintenance side, IoT, you know, etc. coming in. So we want people from the business side coming in and really growing with the sector. Ashwinda, it's been a pleasure talking to you. I have a lot of insight about the residential real estate sector from you today. I'm sure our audiences also would have learned and taken a few takeaways from the sector and what's what's in store for the future of residential real estate in India. Before I go, I'd like to thank our staff and our team to, for putting this together and also our audiences across the globe in following us and liking us providing us this feedback. In fact, a few of them actually wrote and commented uh, on why we did not uh, or why we skipped a few podcasts last month uh, because of the pandemic. They feel that uh, there's something missing uh, in our series. We really appreciate your feedback and asking us we are all okay and alive. With this, I thank you so much uh, Ashwinder and our audiences across the globe for logging in once again on Quote Unquote with KK. We do hope that we'll be far more regular and make up for the lost episodes also for the last month during the pandemic, the second stage of our pandemic here. Much appreciate your time, Ashwinder, in, in talking to us. Thank you. Thank you, Kapil. Uh, amazing time. Pleasure is all mine. Loved uh, answering all your questions and it's always great to be on a platform like this and I must tell you that quote unquote with KK when I read about it, you're really doing a wonderful job and the success that you've got is phenomenal and it's actually an innovation of sorts in reaching out to a public at large and you know kind of educating them and answering and talking about some of the most important topics that that are that people are dealing with on a day-to-day basis thank you so much and Kapil keep on doing the good work that you're doing thank you so much really appreciate Ashwin that it's people like you who participate also motivates us to listen and provide beautiful content to our listeners across the world thank you Kapil thanks